0: Elizabeth!
1: No, Elizabeth! No, Elizabeth, don't!
0: <laughs>
1: this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, hairdresser, bartender, beauty
0: pigeon, organizer, rock and roll PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Oscar Torre. Okay, so one of my favorite movies, Macy, is Hangover is one of my ultimate oh, favorite well, movies. Oh, well, I think that's
1: like everyone's.
0: Right, because you know, or like Girls Trip, too, because you know there's always one of those crazy hangover stories. Everybody oh, yeah. has a hangover story. As a matter of fact. I kind of sound hungover right now. I'm like (laughs) mumbling. Uh, Are Um, you? (laughs) So am I? (laughs) (laughs) What did you do last night, Elizabeth? Oh, no. I just rested. I was like. Yeah, I'm sure. mm -hmm. You're the queen of resting. Well, actually, okay. So there's this new vodka that I love. It's by Kettle One and it's infused and Uh it's cucumber mint infused and they have this other one. Girl, that with the little Kettle soda One water. sponsor us. Ooh, Kettle One, I love
1: you. I love the new infusion.
0: <laughs> I want to hear your crazy hangover story.
1: Um, oh God. Well, I mean the first one that comes to mind um happened about three weeks ago, uh, when I was in Germany and I I got so drunk at my best friend's wedding in Germany that I fell and broke my foot um, <laughs> oh my at God, the end of her right. wedding. Yeah, I have a cankle in the studio right now. Um, just And I fell on nothing. Like, I'm standing there, and then it's like, and then there goes my foot, and it's broken. Um, and then that was at, like, 5 in the morning. And so at 8 in the morning, we had to catch a flight to Amsterdam, my boyfriend and I. And um, my my best friend who's getting married, she arranged for us to drive two hours back to the Hamburg airport with uh, complete strangers. And they oh were, my they were God. perfectly lovely. They were the nicest couple in the whole entire world. They look like they came out of a Crew ad and they have this like super nice BMW SUV. And I climb in there. I'm sitting in the middle seat between my boyfriend and our friend Mike. And my foot is, like, throbbing, and I am so hungover. Like, it hurts to breathe. And they're going, like, I don't even want to know what they're going on the Audubon. And I'm just, like, looking around, and I'm like, I'm I'm in a barf in these strangers' car. And I have no way out. Because my foot, it's, like, it's dead. I can't get out. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't even tell them that I might need them to pull over because, like, I don't know German. And so I'm looking at my boyfriend, and I'm, like, squeezing his hand. I'm, like, silently crying to myself. And he just kind of, like, looks over at me, and he, like, shows me his shirt. And he's, like, kind of motioning, like, if you're going to barf, you better do it in this shirt. Oh because God. there is—I mean, I Stop. couldn't. If I barfed in those people's car, I would have died. And, like, I don't know. By the grace of God, I made it to the airport um, and got out of their car and went straight to a trash can. Um, in the Hamburg airport and just like hung out there oh for my a while. God. And but like I've never, I'm not a super religious person by any means, but like I've never prayed so hard in my life. I was like, dear God, <laughs> please if you're there, do not let me barf in this extremely clean BMW of these super kind Germans that don't know me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I find more interesting is the ability
0: of you to get somebody to drive you to an airport that you don't know two hours away in the ultimate driving machine. Well,
1: What can I say? You know, Europeans
0: are just friendly people. <laughs> That's why I didn't want to fuck up their car so bad. You would ruin tourism for life I in would. Germany if I you know. would have puked in their oh, car. Oh, I was that
1: person. I was that like standard American that everyone hates. Oh my what god. What is your worst hangover story? Oh my God. Well, mine was at
0: the Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> oh, you're doing the R. Here they go. I'm bugging.
1: I'm bugging in you're the studio. you that face. You frame it. You frame that, Elizabeth. Framing it. Bugging it. <laughs> I love that you I, wrote a Madonna a concert <laughs> i was
0: i was at a madonna concert and i'm a lightweight you know but this was back in the day when i could really throw them down but um i hadn't eaten all day I Went straight from you know work to the madonna concert uh-huh. um back then they were, i just asked for straight vodka they put it on nice had these tall glasses and i was just drinking them and dancing and i felt no pain After the concert, we go to another bar. Oh, because you're
1: not done. I'm not done. Madonna just hyped you up for more. Madonna. Madonna. (laughs) Madonna.
0: So then we go to another bar. I order a Cosmopolitan because by this time I'm obsessed with sex in the city, so I have to have a Cosmopolitan. Well, of course. So I'm sipping down my Cosmopolitan and it was that one Cosmopolitan that just- Just one too many? Kicked me in the ass. I mean, (laughs) it was like, hello at all I said all night, it was every guy that came up to talk to me, I'd schooled them on my husband. My husband knows how to do it. You're over here talking to me. You can't do it like my husband. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> So it's,
1: you're kind of like cock
0: blocking yourself uh, at yes, that point? Uh, okay. <laughs> so no, my girlfriend's like, I can't hear your husband one more time. And she takes me out of the bar. We go to her house. Girl, I got so sick. I couldn't go home for a day and a half. I just bought her a new bed. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get so sick that like, I had to
1: buy her a new bed, but I felt so Not even so sheets. You went, you went for the whole bed. The whole bed. Bought because- springs, <laughs> frame and all. Like, I'm all in. I'm so sorry for what I've done to you.
0: And thank you for listening about my husband. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. So, I mean, the list goes on and on back in my 20s. But yeah, so I can't wait to bring I want to hear Oscars um, worst
1: hangover story the hangover stars hangover story
0: yeah that would be kind of (laughs) funny to ask him (laughs) but anyway let's get him and uh, talk about all his new projects um, coming up he's got a few things in in the works well I'm excited to hear all about it let's go get him let's go Today in the studio, we have Oscar Torre joining us, and Oscar is known for his roles in Hangover 3 and the Lionsgate film To Rob a Thief, the Spanish version Ladrón Que Roba Ladrón, directed by our previous guest, Joe Menendez. He is also known for his role as Santo in the CBS TV series *Cane*, and Oscar is currently a reoccurring character as Vinnie Malone in The Haves and Have Nots. He is currently working on a new project called Turned Out. And welcome to the show, Oscar. Thank
2: you. My pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, oh my God. Let me tell you, it's been the Cuban invasion in the studio. My first season (laughs) coming out. I didn't even realize it. It's a small pool of us out here. We call it the Cuban season. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) The Cuban season. So let me get to my first question and probably the most important question that I'm going to ask you today. Okay. First thing in the morning, Cuban coffee or American
2: I'd like to have Cuban coffee, but I actually have American. I'm too lazy to make my own coffee. You know, yes. It's very hit and miss with me. Really? Making Cuban coffee.
0: I'm a pro. I make excellent espumita. I just don't have the time in the morning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I can use it right now (laughs) with a little dip of a cigar Uh, in there. Woo, que rico. (laughs) Perfect. Oh my God. Okay, so. You're from Miami, correct?
2: Born and raised.
0: Okay. How did you come out here? Like, what, what brought you out here?
2: Acting. I, um, I started acting in Miami, and I had done a couple of films. Um, my second film was a film called Libertad. It was in English. It was Freedom. Right. But the title, they decided to put the title in Spanish for whatever crazy reason. And I had done that movie, and I had done another movie. I had done three movies in Miami. Another one was The Versace murder that I played the role that Ricky Martin now is playing and played in the oh, TV in the, show. Oh, in yeah. the TV
0: movie, right. The
2: Versace Murder and, uh, and another one called Suicide Blonde. I had done those three films pretty much one after the other in Miami. And Libertad was the main character. But in the other two movies, I was like the third lead. So after doing that, I decided to move to L.A. and take advantage of you know having three movies that were at different stages uh, of coming out. So that, that's what brought me to L.A.
0: And was it a culture shock at first when you moved to L.A.? Because I know when I first moved to L.A. from Miami, at first I was like, oh. Uh,
2: a little bit. A little bit in the size. I little it. Yeah. The size. Of you, when you live in Miami, you think Miami's big. Right. Because Miami has a big city mentality and feel to it. Right. But it's actually very small. It is. You know, everything in Miami's the furthest you'll drive is half hour.
0: But it cracks me up, you know, because I go to Florida. And every time that I'm driving in Florida, they'll be like, where are you going? Kendall? Oh, that's super far. That's so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. And you're like, oh, no, you don't know what far is.
2: Oh, no. if I land in Fort Lauderdale Airport. My parents are like, oh, yeah, but that's super far. It's going to take us an hour to get there. I'm like, that's the story of my life here in L.A. (laughs) For the last 20 years, everything's an hour
0: away. So you've been here 20 years. A little bit over. And ever since you got here, Oscar, it looks like you're on fire.
2: I've worked, but not right away. It took me a while. You know, it took a while to uh, to to get going. My first real film, I mean, that I played a role here, nice size role, was uh, with Joe Menendez. A movie called "Hunting of Men." Oh, um, that was like in two thousand three, four, and then I had a period of a t- uh, time that I didn't really work all that much, and then it was in two thousand six that I got cast in "La Runcie Ladrón, uh, Which was a big deal at the time because it was the first Spanish film produced by an American studio.
0: Lionsgate.
2: It had never been done before.
0: And let me tell you. I I remember when they were doing the promo on Facebook, right? There was uh, Joe was doing some promos for Ladrones too. The second one, yeah. The second one. But I was like, I remember commenting, "Oh my god!" A, it was like an American production. It had a different feel to it, and totally. I loved it. I I I want more Spanish stuff to be produced at that level, you know, because it was it was amazing and really funny.
2: Well, that was the idea. The idea of the first film. In fact, the first film was written in English by Jojo Henriksen, a friend of Joe's, And that was it. it was written in English. And that was the feel. And that's the sensibility that they both have. Both grew up here. They were both born here. Right. In the U.S. So they had that feel, you know, of the quick action caper film. Heist. Right. Uh, and that's what it was, the first one. And then it did really well. And luckily, we were able to shoot a second one.
0: I love that there's all nationalities, too. Oh, all totally. Well, that, that
2: was the idea, yeah.
0: I love it, and I think there should be more of that. To that be honest, idea, yeah, yeah. so let me ask you, Oscar. I know that you play a lot of um, bad guys usually, or
2: although I was I was the comedic character.
0: Oh my God! Yes, I was, an, so, I
2: was a very nervous actor. Method you, actor.
0: Now let me ask film. you because I didn't see the first the first one. I saw the second one. Uh-huh. Did you have the same Southern Spanish Cuban accent? No, that
2: was in the that was only in the second one. And the first one, I was newly arrived from Cuba. Okay. And I uh, barely spoke English. <laughs> I, I talk like this, uh, you know. uh meet, you know, like have everybody have in have Miami? Seen, <laughs> I have a scene that I go, Security Guard, I no came to talk to you about syndicalization. <laughs> about uni- what? Syndicalization, unionizing. Because <laughs> that's, oh that's, the, that's the theme of the movie, has to do with the unions and stuff, oh, and how funny. we infiltrate a building. So that was a joke in the second one for people who had seen the first one of like, Wait a second, he's gonna do a Southern accent? <laughs> the, the mission is for him to go undercover doing a Southern accent uh, as a, a Southern Thanks.
0: Cuban accent. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, you were really funny. Thank I, you. I, Thank it made you. me laugh so hard. Now, that, you usually pay either a bad guy or a cop, and now you're playing comedy. What is, what is your favorite? Let's say, obviously, you love all the roles, right? But what's your mm-hmm. favorite character? either that you've played or that you really would love to play?
2: My favorite character. You know what? It's My favorite character is the next one. It's always that- the next one. <laughs> the role that you out there, director, is about to offer me, that, is my, that is my favorite character. And if it pays well, I love your character. That's my favorite character.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> the next job is my favorite character. Yes, exactly.
2: But – no, I've I've had I've had honestly, I've had a lot of I've been blessed to have played a lot of interesting, fun characters. In the most part I don't think as I don't think any of them as a bad
0: guy. Right. And they're always Right because you don't want to judge your character.
2: Totally. No, right. and, and they're always like they always live in that gray area, the characters I've played. I have I've played very few characters who were just bad. Right. And this guy's bad. Right. And pure evil. I've played a few. Right. But in the most part are these guys who you're trying to figure out? Who you kind of know them? And it depends where you're standing, they're either a nice guy like Santo and Kane. Santo was
0: a killer, but he had a heart.
2: He had a heart. He loved yes. his mom. He was loyal. He would not betray Jimmy Smith's character. Yes, regardless of whatever the, they threw at him, he would not betray him. He would go down. So that kind of thing I think attracted audiences to a character like that. Even right now in the House and Half Knots, you play a drug lord, correct? I play. Have, I have play a mob, Italian mob boss. Yes, Italian American mob boss. Okay, audience likes him, which I was really surprised that they like. I always
0: like the bad guys,
2: but they. <laughs> 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 this is not That's- therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what they what they've said is what they've said is that they that they like that I'm all about my family, right? And you know. I will kill for my family. Yeah. So in a way, he's not all bad. Although he's more on the, you know, he, he, this character yeah. is more like, he's very dangerous. But he
0: could, he could justify it.
2: Yeah, totally. He justifies <laughs> everything.
0: Yeah. So, you know, an interesting thing that you said mm-hmm. earlier before that there was a time where it took a while for the phone to ring, right? It was an immediate yeah. when you came out here. What advice could you give to listeners that are kind of like when that phone is not ringing, what did you do to stay on the path to not get discouraged, but to keep moving forward. What do you do to to stay focused? To not do, because as actors, it's a very it's a roller coaster ride sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So what do you All do? The time. Yeah, as actors, I don't care who you are. You're mm-hmm. always scared that it's not you know that at some point it'll stop. So what do you? I'm do? I'm always scared. What do you
2: uh-huh. do? I try to stay creative, and that's what I would tell anybody. Work on your own projects. Have your own super brand. Write your own script. Write about your pain. Write about your, you know, uh, funny things in your life, your family. We all have crazy families. Find your voice. Find something to do that's creative, that feeds that part, and you don't need somebody else to be able to do it. Maybe you need somebody else to shoot it. Right. But the writing process, the, the creating process of it, that keeps you sharp, keeps you going, keeps you... With that energy of like, hey, I'm working on something. And that way you don't feel that whenever you go in an audition, this if I don't get this job, I'm going to die.
0: It's the end all be all, right? Because I
2: need this job, not only because of the mm-hmm. money, but I need this job to be creative, to, to, to feel like I have oxygen. Which as an artist, you need that outlet. Creative outlet. Or else you feel frustrated and angry and, and it can go a different direction, which... I've, unfortunately I've often seen with peers when they have time without working that you know they you get very depressed but a lot of times they don't they're not working on anything else
0: but they, this is the thing don't you think now with the age of social media mm-hmm. right which I have a love hate relationship I got to be honest with Me it too. but at the same time there's been a lot of artists musicians all types of artists that didn't have to wait for the big people to approve you. I think right now, if you're not doing your own content, if you're not creating your own stuff while you're waiting to give the power to executives or casting directors, it's our nature, right, in the business that we have to. But now we have this open outlet. How do you feel about how things are changing in the industry as far as having more avenues?
2: I think it's fantastic. I was shooting, um, I directed a feature. That was a normal feature, you know, and came out. We got distribution. You direct, too? Yeah, well, I've only directed one feature film. But you're, then you're a director. Yeah. I'm an actor who directs. Right. That my wife had written and in it, and it was a project that it was independent. We got, you know, we got our, our friends to be in the film. All working actors who are on TV shows and stuff came out, and they want to be a part of this. But after that, a couple of years after that, I started shooting a film with my wife on the iPhone.
0: So your wife is also in the industry. Oh yeah, yeah, Is she yeah, an actress. Yeah, also? she's an
2: actress. Uh, she's a writer and act- actress and writer. And oh wow! She, in fact, she was one of the leads in um, in a movie that we shot with Joe Menendez in Atlanta last year that came out just came out on the Lifetime Channel July twenty first. Oh, called um, it used to be called Bottle Girl, but it's now called Nightclub Secrets.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> More like Lifetime
2: now. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Lifetime's changing a lot too.
2: Totally. Now. Well, it said the movie's kind of edgy. The,
0: so, um, how's the competition up in the house then with you two? Both actors, both writers.
2: Both, Is it, yeah.
0: Do you guys feed each other? We do. That's good. We do,
2: yeah. We do. It, it's a blessing.
0: A little tougher when we're not
2: both not working at right. the same time because you feel that pressure. You want to be acting. But at the same time, it's great because she understands when I, you know, Go away for two months, and the same with her, and uh, so that—that's one of the blessings. And we can be creative and talk about the same things, and we talk the same language, and work a little different our process, but still we're we have the same passion, right, for for acting and and telling stories, and, and I think that's
0: that's a gift. It is a gift, and 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 it's, when you're a storyteller, you have to there's you have to tell the story. What is you know, we all have that one role. I think that okay. you think about, and you are like, "Ah, oh, shit!" You are scared. You can't even swallow. You know, I, I like what would be that role that would petrify you, but you would have to do it anyway. Or is, or is that something that you crave that you want that you are like, "No, that's Ugh. something
2: I crave." I honestly, I have, I can't think of a role that I would say I am so afraid to play that. Right. Although every time I get cast on something. And I heard Meryl Streep say this, which is interesting, which made me feel a little better. After I get cast, there's a part of me that's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Right. How am I going to pull this off? Right. How am I? And I think you want that. You want the, the risk of, I might fail. If it's too easy, you start feeling a little lazy or you get repetitive as an actor. And I think that in the long run, that hurts you. So I always get that sense of like, how am I going to do this? Ladrones, for right. example, the whole Southern accent. I had tried a million different accents.
0: I gotta to play, tell you that one to was... play that
2: character <laughs> because it had to be funny yeah so that there's a but I can't play like, oh, this is so funny. I had to play like this is me trying to be as believable as possible doing a southern accent. but I know as an actor right. playing this role, this is a funny it's a comedic scene. it's for laughs right It needs to be funny. but it can't be like this is me trying to be funny. Right. And so th- th- so you're, you're running the risk of, as an actor you feel, I'm running the risk of being a clown and not being funny.
0: Yeah, but that's what acting's all about. That's what it's all about that, and
2: that's the risk and that's, yeah. that's what makes you feel alive when when you're playing these roles and the danger. And, the, and that's where the fear comes in. Right. Stuff like that.
0: Ta- is taking that risk. It yeah.
2: hasn't been that much the whole emotional thing of the, oh, am I going there? Right. Yes, when you're doing a scene in that day, Right. that's something very emotional personal hitch home close to home there's that i'm gonna go there today and it's and there's always that there's an energy to that right that's a little that once you're done with it you feel relieved. you can breathe yeah yeah if you pulled it off
0: but let me tell you oscar your southern accent is not too far off i have cousins that live in orlando and orlando is very southern and they talk <laughs> like this and they have a Cuban accent <laughs> with a southern thing, but they live in Orlando. And it's it's like, it's really funny. But, you know.
2: It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. especially when you go further, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Further north. My southern accent, <laughs> finally what I came up with, was uh, Heath Ledger <laughs> doing Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> that was... That was funny. What I said, okay, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm gonna play because I was looking at real Southerners, and I'm like, wow, you know, there's so many different accents in the South. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna choose somebody who's not a Southern, who's far <laughs> away from being a Southern, doing a Southern accent. I think if I tried to imitate that, that's what's gonna be because I'm playing an actor in the movie, right, right, who's not – has this job of doing a Southern accent. He, <laughs> And he got a cute one, actually, he talks like this, so he really doesn't know how he's going to do a, a Southern action. So when I looked at his legend, <laughs> I kept looking, and him like kur, kur, kur. and then the chewing tobacco, and then I chew tobacco, and I put way too much tobacco in my mouth. And, <laughs> and if you ever
0: chew tobacco,
2: <laughs> that will make you vomit if oh, you've never done it before.
0: You know, I've, And now I'm trying not cigars. to vomit,
2: <laughs> so I'm like, no, I'm trying to do a Southern accent, and I'm trying not to vomit as a character and as myself. <laughs> and I think that's where the humor, finding that obstacle in the scene, right? And then she tells me who, who she's a southerner for. Says, "Where are you from?" Because I've never heard that accent before, and <laughs> oh, I've been pretty God. much everywhere in the South. So I'm like, "Okay, oh, I got to pull God. this off." Yeah. Now that you feel the added pressure, so if, if you go to that space <laughs> that you actually believe what that moment, yeah, then it, it becomes fun and as now- an actor.
0: Now, do you have? Um, don't you have other members of your family that have been, or are you the only actor in your? No,
2: family? I had I had a, a cousin who passed just passed away.
0: I thought so. Very uh, Julio
2: a very established character, incredible actor. Fantastic. actor. Yes, fantastic. Incredible. Who I who I had the pleasure of working with, sharing the screen. Did you in Kane. Oh, wow. how did that feel? That was that was. Great. I didn't want to be an actor when I was growing up, but he was the actor in the family who I had seen in Que Pasa USA. That was oh, the he first... was in Que Pasa, USA? He was in Que Pasa, USA. He did a couple episodes, of Que Pasa, USA. I had seen him in Que Pasa, USA, and then I had seen him in Miami Vice, which he recurred, and I was a big fan of those shows growing as a kid.
0: He works all the time. He worked all and the time. such a great actor.
2: Julito, Julito. I miss him so much. And...
0: But how beautiful. What a gift that you guys actually got to work together Right, because that's something. Oh, that you're was never great. We did, we did a few
2: episodes together on on Kane. My character introduces Jimmy Schmidt's character to him. Right, and he played like the head of the Cuban mob, Julio. Wow, so, um, that was a big that was a big thing for me. And in introducing them in the scene, and in real life, they didn't really know each other. Funny enough, so that was kind of art imitated life. Like, I'm here. I'm introducing to Jimmy
0: yeah and, and
2: in real life and in the scene where I'm doing the same thing
0: oh my god so okay so I want to ask you if we're sitting here a year from now okay and you've had an amazing year amen what I will. would that look like I will what would that look like for you
2: that I never stopped working that I never stopped working or worked as much as I wanted to right right wow that's what it would look like to me in roles that I find interesting and, and challenging and fun and, and me traveling. Do you love to travel? Um, For work, <laughs> funny enough. <laughs> Where you been? Dominican Republic. Oh, then, uh, I lo- used to live there. We shot ladrones in Dominican Republic.
0: I used to live there. I really? went to high school. In Dominican Republic? I went to junior high school in the beginning of high school, and then I graduated high school in Las Vegas. But yes, I lived in Santo Domingo for like five years when I, I left from... Las Vegas, moved okay. to Dominican Republic, cried big, when I got there. a big there. change. Let me tell you, being born here in the States, uh-huh. I had never gone to like a third world country or like outside of the United States. So my mom marries a Dominican guy and she takes me to Santo Domingo. I was probably like 12, 13. Didn't know how to write Spanish, knew how to read, you know, like talk it, but not really read and write. She sticks me in a junior high school that is no no English Right. So I learned learn Spanish and I got there and I start crying. You know, I get out of the plane on military guys and I wasn't used to that. So I was scared. So I, I start crying and I was like, I don't want to live here. I had a vacilon I had such a blast in Dominican Republic that when we moved, I cried because I didn't want to leave. So <laughs> Republic is
2: a lot of fun. It's fun. We shot there. We spent there over a month. The people the Mar- are so fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had been there. I had been there quite a few times before, but not acting. I used to play baseball. Right. And I have played baseball in the Dominican Republic. Funny now, I find myself.
0: You used to play baseball?
2: Yeah, I played You till played I was it? 19. Shut up. Yeah. So we played a, a couple of times. We played in the Dominican Republic in La Serie del Caribe Juvenil.
0: Oh Chumano, my. Yeah. So, Oscar, if you were an actor, would you be a baseball player?
2: Uh, if I had been good enough, yes, <laughs> to make it to the major leagues, yeah.
0: If you were an actor, that was what my would dream. you do?
2: That was my dream. That was my dream. I wanted to be a baseball player.
0: More than an actor? Like acting. Well, I didn't want it. I
2: didn't care about acting at that time at that time it was something that's that I fell into I'm glad that I'm an actor because you, you don't have to retire as a baseball <laughs> yes, player I would have exactly. been retired at this point <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's true <So>. <laughs> <laughs> all right well Oscar we have a little game that we call here fake news I'm gonna have my producer come in <laughs> okay. um it's on buddy Cuban a Cuban you're going down
2: it's all fake news of your Cuban yeah <laughs>
0: Unless Unless
2: at least exaggerated news. You know,
0: my aunt always tells me if she wants me to hear a news story, you know, you know, like like uh, my little old aunts and they, they're always fearful of everything, you know. Uh-huh. So they always call me and they give me like this whole thing. And then I'm like, okay, okay, tia, gracias, you know. And she'll be like, no, no, but listen, I heard it on the American news. So it's, it's not true. Spanish news, so it's true. And I'm like, okay, thank you, tia. I saw on Yahoo. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do this. Hashtag fake news.
1: All right, thank you for playing along with me today, guys, on Hashtag Fake News. I'm so excited <laughs> to play with you, Oscar.
0: Okay,
2: that, that didn't sound right, but Okay. <laughs> I'm excited, too. Me, too. (laughs) There you go.
1: All right. So how this game works is I'm going to read you two news headlines, and one is real and one is fake, and you are going to pick out which one is the fake news.
0: Okay. Okay? All right.
1: Are you guys ready? Ready to play? I'm ready.
0: I'm ready. I'm feeling competitive this morning. All
1: right. News headline number one. Delta flight attendant demonstrates proper technique for eating fellow passengers in the event of a crash. So that's the first news headline. I'm going to let you think on that. Okay. And news headline number two, Louisiana woman busts naked intruder in her tub munching on her Cheetos.
0: Which is the Uh, fake news? Munching on her Cheetos. Which one's from, is there any from Florida? No, we just have Louisiana and a
1: Delta flight attendant. The Delta
2: flight attendant sounded a little bit fake.
1: All right, so that's the fake Not a little bit
2: fake, very fake. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. I, I, yeah, because... The Delta flight attendant? Unless she lost her mind, and obviously that was
2: her last day at work. Yeah. That's possible. All
1: right. We got two winners today. Okay. I tried. It was all over Facebook. Apparently people thought it was real, and they made a fake video, and it was like trending on Facebook (laughs) that it was the real news, and then in fact it wasn't. It was just like like a spoof. In case of an emergency...
2: You can <laughs> it. First take, a look. <laughs> take a look at your fellow passengers.
1: In case we crash, um, and this find is the how one that you you would, looks yeah. yummy. Pick the largest guy on the plane and go for it.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was trending okay. on Facebook. I know. I, I kind of. Okay. I'm sorry, but we got two winners today. So, so the second good. one was real. Uh, yes. The Louisiana woman busted a naked intruder in her bathtub eating her Cheetos. That is, in fact, true. I but what she was most upset about
0: was that he was eating her Cheetos. Yes.
1: <laughs> Not the naked one. Exactly. Point. No. No Not the break in. At least it was
0: clean, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just orange stuff all on the side of her bathtub. little orange dust everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) Little prints. Little orange prints. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for playing with me. This was fun, and I will catch you guys next week. Thank you, Macy. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Oscar, so, you know, me and Macy were talking when Joe was coming. We were talking about what our worst or, or funniest audition stories were, right? Mine was I got sprayed. My dog got sprayed by a skunk. Um, okay. at midnight and he <laughs> ran in the house we didn't know he got sprayed by a skunk so the whole house emanated that skunk smell i smelled like skunk i went to an audition the next day i had washed my hair took a million showers i call my husband from the car and i'm like baby i, I still smell that skunk i get to the audition <laughs> everybody in the audition is like do you smell skunk So basically, I was skunkified for a whole audition. They called my agent. and was like she either burned a huge fatty in the parking lot before she walked in here, but she smelled like skunk. So my agent called me. She's like, what? And I go, girl, my – and I had to tell the whole story. We laughed, but I was really horrified inside. I was laughing. Yes. So do you have any – what is like – do you have any worst story audition?
2: I'll tell you one. I have quite a few. But I have one, when I was living in Miami, I had a friend of mine who had gone to high school with me, Nelson Garcia, who was working in the industry at the time, and he calls me up and he says, hey, there's this um, TV show that they're looking for actors, they're casting for the lead actors, and they're casting in New York, and they're casting in LA, and they're casting in Miami, and I'm working the audition, and I can get you in. Okay. I go, that's fantastic. I'm like, what is it for? He goes, well, there's these five guys who used to be criminals, and now they're recruited to uh, fight crime or something like that, and you're supposed to be good with martial arts. I'm like, I don't know anything about martial arts. He goes, it doesn't matter. Right. They'll probably cast a stuntman to do the the fighting and all that. Right. They're just looking for actors that can act. I go, great. So he gets me the audition. I show up. I'm at the audition. I look around, and I see all these guys that look like martial artists. (laughs) black belts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And dressed in, in like they were dressed in uniforms, martial arts uniforms and stuff. And the gi, exact. I don't even know the name. The g- <laughs> And they're stretching and they're doing they're putting the they're doing like the Van Damme thing, the leg over the over their head and stuff like that. And, and what and are I'm you in,
0: stretching your neck? I'm wearing,
2: yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> jeans and a tight shirt because I'm trying to look like I'm tough. Jeans and a tight shirt, and I'm looking at these guys doing all this stuff, and they got bags, and I'm like, bags? What are they bringing bags for? Oh my god. I look in the audition and they had, they had, um, the audition was in this huge room in a hotel that they had rented. I know where you're going. And they, do, they got weapons. These actors are doing like weapons demonstrations. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? I don't even know what. So finally I walk in and I walk in and there's a table with the producers. There's about four of them, four or five of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If I'm not mistaken, Carrie has to, that I always mess up his name. He's an actor that worked a lot. He was in Nash Bridges, martial artist himself. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh-huh. And I think he's one of the producers in the show or whatever. Right. Or the creator of the show is his concept. And he's holding his little, so they have two cameras. One camera is behind the producers and my friend is doing the camera and that's on a tripod. Right. He's working the camera, my friend. Right. And the other one is this gentleman and he's holding this little handheld camera. And okay. he's right next to me. Oh, so no. apparently he wants to catch the action as well they, So they're having a master shot And okay. then I guess close-ups of the action Okay and I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do? So they, I come in, they look at my resume, whatever And I'm like, no scene They're okay, okay, uh, when you're ready, um, your presentation I'm like, my presentation?
0: I don't even know what I'm going
2: to So first of me. all, I salute him like in martial arts, you know. I,
0: oh, right, right. You do the, the bow. The bow, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: I do that to him and to the people in the table. And they're kind of looking at me. And then I go into a fighting pose. I put my hands up, and I come up with a this great idea. If I stay close to him, if I throw punches and stay uh-huh. close to him, he can't really see. He's looking through the camera. He can't really <laughs> see that I don't know what I'm doing.
0: Right.
2: So from... <laughs> I go into throwing punches like a maniac. And I'm about three inches away from his face. And he keeps saying, Please move back. Please move back. Not so close. Not so close. Please move back. And I'm going, ah, 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 ah. I'm not even thinking that they're actually saying something in Chinese when so, they. So you're just screaming. I'm just screaming. Ah, I'm throwing punches and throwing these weird kicks. But I'm probably about knee high, my kicks, because I, I was hit- going to rip my pants <laughs> if, I, if I tried to kick higher. Plus, I would look like
0: oh, wait, wait, a ballerina. Wait. Did you hit the camera guy? No,
2: no, I never hit him, <laughs> but he kept moving back and I kept coming forward.
0: Oh my God. He wanted you're some distance me. between him and.
2: But I'm like, if I give him distance, I'm going to look like I'm, I'm a maniac throwing punches.
0: I think you already accomplished that.
2: <laughs> so finally, I'm like, okay, I think I've thrown enough punches and kicks already. And I stop. And you're out of breath. Yeah. I stop and I bow again to him. And when I turn to the producers on the table to bow, they all have their heads down or their backs to me.
0: Oh, my God. They're laughing.
2: Like, this is a comedy.
0: And you're like, I nailed it. My friend moved away from
2: the camera. The camera was by itself. And my friend had his back to me. He was, on a, he was in, a, in the corner on the floor with his head down like he didn't want to look at me. And he just waved at me without looking at me from behind as I was leaving.
0: Oh, my God. What did he say to you after Afterwards, that? Afterwards,
2: I called him. Hey, I didn't <coughs> did I get know the part?
0: Was, did I get the did like me? <laughs> did I nail it? I'll tell you what, he said.
2: I'll tell you what happened. They saw a lot of people that day. But the only person whose name they remembered was yours. Because every time somebody would come in, these accomplished martial arts who would go on to say, I'm a fifth degree. Oh, my God. You're killing me right in now. In whatever style. At the, the, at, the, at the end of the presentation, they would all turn to each other and go, he's no Oscar Torre.
0: Hey, the point is to be memorable, okay? I was memorable. Hey, my skunk smell will never leave their They'll minds. Never forget <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was an awesome story. <laughs> oh, that made my day. Being that, do you have any funny stories from being on set? Any, like, Uh, crazier? From being on set?
2: Actually, my funny story, I probably have a few, but right now off the top of my head has to do with an audition that ends up a role that I end up getting, and then right. I'm on set. Right. Which was for Kane. Right. When I did Kane, my character was, the, the breakdown said, tall, uh wiry. Mulatto, full of tattoos, Cuban. I knew that character. I knew I could play that character, but I did not fit the description. Right. So I I felt that I needed to be as authentic as I could be. And I didn't really have any credits. I had only done any credits in L.A. I had only done Ladron Que Robo Ladron, but it had not come out yet. Right. So what I did is I put these fake tattoos in my arms, made them look real. Right. And I showed up to the audition. And um, to the callback. I had already auditioned for and they believed it right. enough. So I show up to the callback, <clears> and <throat> I walk in, and now I'm being, I'm testing. And there's, everybody's there. There's there's at least, like, 10 people in the room, including Jimmy Schmitz. Right. And I make the decision right away of, like, I'm staying character at all times. I'm not showing them who I am. Right. So I come in, I go, Buenos dias, I break every rule. In auditions, which is, you know, go straight to the audition Right. and then leave. No. I went in there and I go, Buenos well, I shook everybody's hands. Hello, you miss me? Nice meeting you. And my Cuban broken accent of somebody You're who. Had, like this? Somebody who I just recently arrived from Cuba, you know. And I tell them a little story about uh, my characters from Matanza. And I go, it's funny because um, my family's from Matanza as well in real life. And uh, my grandfather in Cuba had the biggest uh, funeral home in Matanza. Probably wasn't that big, but Matanza, you know. Right. So I tell them a story, they laugh, and then I go into the audition. In the audition, I improvise something, and I say, instead of <clears throat> uh, Jimmy Smith's character, who's um, Senor Vega, right? In the script says I change it to Mister Vega, and at some point, I'm getting emotional in the conversation. I go, "Yeah, said it," which that's very Cuban very slang Cuban. from the yes. streets, yes. You know, and at the end of the audition, Cynthia Cidre, who was the creator of the show. And who had written Mambo Kings and was from Miami right. as well. But she hasn't lived in Miami in, I don't know how many, 30 years. Or so. Says, you know what? I hadn't heard that word in over 20 years. I said it. I said it. Thank you for coming. They seem to love me, whatever. I'm like, ah, okay, gracias. Nice meeting you. Nice meeting I shake everybody's hand again. Like, very oh, cute. But I didn't God. give them a kiss because that would be a little too much. Yeah. But, you know, we give kiss to every, to yeah, every woman everybody. in the room. Yeah. yeah. So I leave. I get the job. Boom. This is my big break, so we're in the second episode. When the when no when when the first episode we we're, were shooting the I think the pilot or maybe the first episode after the pilot second episode right and I'm sitting in the car with Jimmy Schmitz waiting to shoot a scene and you know there's a lot of waiting and they're setting up the yes. cameras in the car while we're sitting there and <clears> he <throat> he tells me so yeah okay uh, so when you came from Cuba did you come on a raft or you came on a plane. <laughs> You're like, and I'm like, oh no, I was born in Miami. And he starts laughing. And He goes, you know, we we thought we cast you, thinking that you, we were getting it. That you, the reason why you didn't have that many credits is because we're getting an actor from Cuba,
0: Cuba. <laughs> who just recently got here.
2: And you're like, and that's how we we were like, okay, I'm sure he's got plenty of credits.
0: Oh my god, he, he in, just Cuba. Got, in Cuba, in yeah. Cuba, he just got here. <laughs> Oh my God! I love- so they bought
2: it. They bought that I was Cuban, hey. and, I, I,
0: and I really spoke that way. I love it, Ming. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I got the job. Yeah, you know we always put the G at the end of the man. No, you yeah, Ming. Ming. Oh of my God! So everybody sounds like Tony Montana. My dad used to sound like Tony Montana every time he talked. You know, it's so funny. You go to the Cubans' house, they have a picture of Scarface, and you're like, oh, That's okay. Funny. I don't yeah. know if you should be idolizing that, but okay, he's and it, it, man. And it's, it's funny that like, when
2: when the Cubans imitate. Talk, imitate other Cubans, they don't imitate real Cubans, they imitate an Italian playing a Cuban, Cuban. Al Pacino <laughs> Tony Montana. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's so funny. Oh my God, Oscar, it's been such a pleasure to have you Thank here. Thank you. pleasure has um, been mine. Oh my goodness. I, I've never met you before. It's my first time and I'm so glad. I hope it won't be my last, you know, the Cuban connection. There's, there's exactly. it's a small pool, so... I'll meet everybody eventually. <laughs> Small pool, a lot of fish. <laughs> yes. So can you tell your listener, our listeners um, all your social media and where they can find you?
2: Okay. You can find me. They're all the same. Oscar Torre Actor on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: All right. One more question, and it's a question I ask all my guests. I'm
2: a little afraid. It's the last one.
0: You should be. Okay. No, it's easy. It's an easy one. Okay. If you were left unsupervised- And nobody would know. Okay. And nobody could see you. What would you do at your favorite Cuban restaurant?
2: Nobody would see me? No. (sighs) Besides, take the money. Um, (laughs) I mean, nobody's going to see me. (laughs) I like it. Uh, I'm just joking. I wouldn't take the money. Um, I would. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if they're never coming back. Wow. I think since I'm in L.A., I don't get to eat Cuban that much. If I were in Miami, I'm like, I don't know, get out of there Uh, because there's a Cuban restaurant in every corner. Yes, exactly. But here I think I would just go crazy on on everything. (laughs) I mean, it's not an exciting answer, but I think I would go crazy eating everything they have.
0: I'd binge I'd binge i totally
2: like yeah, I'd throw up i
0: throw up I'd throw and keep up. going yeah. <laughs> just top it off with recycle. a recycle un pastelito de guayaba un pastelito de guayaba yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god Oscar thank you so much for coming in and uh, you guys thanks for listening thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised don't forget to stalk us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast we'll catch you guys next week thanks for listening we we'll